Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning, Mr. Edward G. Robertson to chill our spines. Mr. Robertson appeared in many movies, such as Scarlet Street, The Woman in the Window, Key, Lorgo, co-starring in the 1956 movie The Ten Commandments, Double in Indemnity, but what he is best known for is portraying a mafia gangster in the 1931 film Little Caesar. But what a lot of people may not know is that Mr. Edward G. Robertson also appeared behind the microphone in such shows as Lux Radio Theater, Suspense, the Campbell's Playhouse, and many others. Mr. Edward G. Robertson passed away on January 26 of 1973. His son, Edward Robertson Jr., passed away 14 years or 14 months after his father passed away in 1974 at the age of 40 years old but Mr. Edward G. Robertson's career and legacy still live on to this day Mr. Edward G. Robertson comes to the show to chill our spines in two of his suspense performances in this first episode he plays a man named Mr. Graham Mr. Graham has been a well-known bachelor for the past 20 years since his mother passed away, making up a wife that he has been married to named Geraldine. As he tells his landlady about the mysterious wife who actually never existed she comes to realize that she is falling in love with Mr. Graham and it is called my wife Geraldine and in the second episode Mr. Robertson plays a married man who is fighting with his wife one night when he turns on the radio to hear the local news and it's April 1st after all and a lot of people are calling and people with April Fool's pranks but when his wife hears about his death when he is standing right beside him when she is standing right beside him she picks up the phone to the awful news when a detective calls her 
and then their good friend and local attorney calls him them letting her know about his extra life insurance benefits so in order to get those benefits she and her husband split up for a while but a while turns into six months and six months turns into a year then he is down on his luck when he hears another man's voice at the end of the line one day when talking to his wife so feeling that his marriage is over he's at a bar drinking his sorrows away when all of a sudden a beautiful young woman is attracted to him when he tells her that he is very rich and it is called you can't die twice i hope you guys enjoy mr edward g robertson and his two episodes guaranteed to chill our spines if you like the show please comment and subscribe guys and enjoy the show thanks now roma wines present Suspense. Tonight, my wife, Geraldine, starring Edward G. Robinson. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests. To your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass bowl would be very pleasant as Roma Wines bring you Suspense. This is the man in black here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California to raise the curtain on another study in suspense. Tonight from Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you a star, Mr. Edward G. Robinson, in the story of an amazing hoax and a phantom love that led a man along the steep and dangerous bypaths of sanity. And so with my wife Geraldine, and with the performance of Edward G. Robinson in the role of Geraldine's husband, we again hope to keep you in suspense. Mr. Graham! Mr. Graham! I know you're in there, Mr. Graham. You'd better open up. It's important. All right, I'll leave my past you then. Oh, why are you sitting in the dark, Mr. Graham? Go away. Leave me alone. I've something to tell you. How can you sit here in the dark alone? At a time like this, gives me the creeps. Where's that light switch? Now, isn't that better with the lights on? What do you want? Why do you keep bothering me? I told you I'm not hungry. All right. I just brought this sink along in case. Now, listen to what I have to say, Mr. Graham. Well, I can't very well help myself, can I? That detective is coming back for you. He'll be here in just a few minutes. Why are you telling me this? I don't know. 
It won't do you any good unless I want it to. What are you driving at? Did you kill your wife, Mr. Graham? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. And the others. Did you really kill all those women? All what women? They say you're that wife killer. The one the newspapers called the Black Widower. Well, aren't you afraid being all alone in the same room with the Black Widower? No, not exactly. And besides, they say he only kills women he's married to. <laughs> well, then I should propose to you without further delay, Miss Barton. Please, please don't. There's not time for it. I know a way for you to get out without being seen. There are police all around the house, but I know a I'm way. not interested. I... I wasn't going to tell you anyway. Not unless I, I discovered that it wasn't true. About your being that murderer. Well, the police say I killed Geraldine. They ought to know. They found her body, Mr. Graham. <laughs> found her? Found Geraldine? <laughs> oh, no, no. This is too good. Who identified her? You? You forget, Mr. Graham. I scarcely ever saw her close enough to identify her. Yes, but you did see her. Well, after all, a person could hardly live in the same house for close under six months without catching a glimpse of Geraldine. Yes, yes, of course. Mr. Graham, you haven't much time. What do you want, Miss Barton? Nice, juicy confession? Yes, that would be useful, wouldn't it? We'd never have to take in rumors again. You could charge admission to this house. And this is the room where the black widower confessed all to me. I couldn't help it, he said. It was a confession. I loved her, but I had to kill her. It was just like all the others. I'm sorry, Mr. Graham. I won't bother you again. If you need anything... Well, I'll... No, uh, wait. I've hurt your feelings, haven't I? Sit down. It's better with you here. Really, it is. Just tell me one thing and I'll go, Mr. Graham. Did you kill her? Not the others. But her. Well, why Geraldine, especially? Because you loved her so. It was the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me. Sharing your happiness with her. The talks we used to have about her. The way you used oh, to... Oh, stop it, stop it. I'll tell you. You won't believe it, but I'll tell you. Please. Please do, Mr. Graham. And, uh, this may seem strange, but I shall have to exact a solemn promise from you never to tell anyone what I'm about to reveal. I suppose it's wrong, but very well. You have my promise. Well, to begin with, I couldn't possibly have killed Geraldine. Then they made a mistake. She's still alive. No, she's not alive. Oh, you knew that all along? Of course. You see, my wife, Geraldine, never even existed. Tonight for Suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you as star Mr. Edward G. Robinson, whom you have heard in the prologue to My Wife, Geraldine. A radio play by Robert Tallman from a story by Lawrence Marcus. Night's tale of suspense. This is Truman Bradley for Roma Wayne.
To millions all over the world, the name Elsa Maxwell stands for gracious hospitality. Her suggestions on entertaining are eagerly sought, and here's an especially timely one. Planning a simple dinner for friends during these days of food rationing calls for imagination. Yet any hostess can compliment family and guests and make simple food temptingly attractive. I suggest the simple and inexpensive touch of Roma Lens, making party fare out of the most ordinary supper. Serve cool Roma red burgundy with the meal. If possible, too, dine by candlelight. The tart piquancy of deliciously robust Roma California burgundy and the soft, flattering lighting heightens the pleasure of dining. Remember, though, the important thing is to serve and enjoy good Roma wine with the dinner. Dinner by candlelight with brilliant, distinctive Roma wine. Truly an appealing idea. And as Miss Maxwell suggests, delicious Roma California Burgundy is the subtle note that tones up the occasion. Roma Burgundy, like all Roma wines, is of unvarying goodness. The goodness of selected grapes, picked at their best in California's choicest vineyards, then guided to flavor fullness by the ancient winemaking skill of Roma's famed wineries. Serve Roma wine regularly. It costs only pennies a glass. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage Edward G. Robinson in My Wife Geraldine. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I'd better go back to the beginning, uh, before Geraldine, shall we say. I was a bachelor, Miss Barton, what they call a confirmed bachelor. My mother was left a widow at the time of my life when most young men start going out with girls. She was an invalid. Well, you know how it is. It's an old story. In those days, Geraldine was only a sort of vague picture in my mind. She didn't have any name. She was only the girl that I hoped one day to marry. As the years passed by, the hope faded. But as it faded, the image of the girl became more vivid. I, uh, I'd always admired Geraldine Farrar, and so I named my dream girl Geraldine. I used to ride the commuting train to my job in the city, and I got to know all the regular commuters who rode from the same smoking car. They were all married men. Oh, good morning, Holmes. Oh, good morning, Jackson. Smith. Oh, uh, hello, Graham. Hello. Say, fellas, did I tell you my wife's expecting again? You'll say. Well, congratulations, Smith, old boy. Thanks. How's about a bet? Five bucks doesn't another girl. I'm betting on twins. Odds a million to one. <laughs> What's your bet, Graham? Hmm? Oh, uh, my bet? Oh, well, I I don't have any children, you see. What's <laughs> your wife raised? Picking these poodles? Yeah. <laughs> now that I think of it, you've never mentioned your wife in all the times we've been riding together, Graham. Well, uh, my wife, uh... I mean, uh, Geraldine, uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll show you her picture someday. She must be a raving beauty, or Graham wouldn't be so quiet about it. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew Graham was nursing some secret. Now it's out. An extravagant wife. No, Geraldine is not extravagant. I don't like your tone of voice, Holmes. You're speaking of my wife. Oh, no, wait a minute. He was only... I can see you haven't been married very long, Graham. I don't believe he's married at all. Oh, you don't? 
Well, let me tell you something. Not all marriages are like yours. Some people stay in love. I think I may safely say that Geraldine and I will always be in love. Well, that was how it started. When I thought about it afterwards, I was astonished at my behavior. I got as angry at the slighting remarks they had made about Geraldine as that Geraldine had been a real person and really my wife. Well, they all wanted to believe in Geraldine. And after my mother died, she became more and more real to me and more and more necessary. Uh, come in, come in. Uh, you sent for me, Mr. Potter? Yes, yes, ma'am. Have a chair. Oh, thanks. Well, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, You're in for a promotion and a raise in pay. Oh, oh, oh well, uh, thank you, Mr. Potter. Hello, hello. Glad to have another married man on our payroll. Oh. <laughs> uh, just a technicality, Graham. Yes, sir. So to justify this raise or I mean office, will you bring around your marriage license? Yes, but, uh, Mr. It's Potter, just a I... rule, Graham. Got to do it. <laughs> for all we know, you might be this black widower fellow. The one that's married all those women on fake marriage licenses and then killed them for their cash and jewelry. <laughs> Yes, sir. Some women will marry anybody. Even you, eh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, no offense, old man. Well, I, uh, I guess I'd better be getting back to the job. Yeah, that's the spirit. Don't forget that marriage license. Uh, no, sir, I, I won't forget. Yes, sir. Are you, uh, Fred Bell? Yeah. Uh, well, look, uh, I'm in uh, sort of a spot. <laughs> you know, I've uh, just uh, changed jobs, and for the record, you understand, I have to show them my marriage license. <laughs> By George, I've lost it, and I don't know what to do. Who sent you in, mister? Uh, fellow rumor, my hotel, Frank McGuire. Oh. Well, you know, I'm sticking my neck way out on this. It's going to cost you dough. <laughs> became necessary for me to change my mode of life even more. I could scarcely go on living in bachelor quarters with Geraldine. And that brought me to you, Miss Parton, remember? Yes? Um, oh, I, uh, I saw your advertisement in the uh, Morning Herald, a uh, uh, furnished apartment. Oh, yes. Uh, come in, won't you? Uh, thank you. You'd better set your bag down in the hall here. Mm, uh, no use lugging it upstairs till you've seen the place. Yes, yes, uh, that's a good idea. Right uh, up these stairs. Mm, thank you. Is it just you alone? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, myself and wife. Oh. Well, uh, she, she works late in the war plan, so uh, she gave me the rather unpleasant job of finding a place. Well, this is it. Mm-hmm. Two rooms and a small kitchen. Oh. The bath's in there. Yes. Yeah, uh, looks, looks very nice. There's a good vanity table for your wife. Oh, yes, yes. I, I'm sure she'd like that especially. There's plenty of closet space for her clothes. Her clothes? Well, if she's anything like most women, I'll bet that isn't all of her clothes in that one suitcase. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 of course not. Oh, goodness, no. I, uh, well, I don't give a hang for clothes myself. Maybe that's why I'm an old maid. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. 
Well, uh, what, what is the rent? Ten dollars a week. That, uh, we could get more. But since your wife... Yes, well, uh, all right, I'll take it. Uh, here. Here's the uh, first month's rent. Well, I'd better give you a respect for this. Well, it's, it's not necessary, but uh, uh, my wife likes to hang on such things for some reason. Uh, so you'd better make it out to her. Mrs. Graham, Geraldine Graham. All right, Mr. Graham. And now I uh, better go back to our old place and bring over the rest of us. What size does your wife wear, Mr. Graham? Uh, why, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, uh, what size do you wear? Well, I wear a 16. She'll probably be in to have them altered anyway. Now, here's a little model that just came in. Oh, uh, no, 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 that, that won't do at all. <laughs> that, that's much too fussy for Geraldine. Well, perhaps it would help if you could describe her for me. Well, uh, she has a kind of a gentle dignity and bearing, if you know what I mean. Her hair is taffy-colored with little gold lights in it. And her eyes. Her eyes are a kind of a, a luminous gray-green color. Some days they look green and... Other days, they, they're gray with uh, gold flecks in them. Her features are delicate, but uh, strongly molded. Sensitive, but not fragile. And her skin is fair, almost translucent, with uh, just a, a sprinkling of freckles when she's been out in the sun for a day. She tries to cover them up, of course, as often women do, and she's... Uh, uh, well, she's not exactly... How just... long have you been married? Uh, what? Uh, why, uh... Only a short time? <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not much good at describing people, especially people I know awfully well. On the contrary, you're almost too good at it. You yes. made me feel I'd met her. You see, she was becoming more and more definite all the time. Remember how you dropped in to see me, uh, us, that day? Oh, uh, come in, Miss Barton. I thought I could help you with your unpacking. Well, uh, perhaps you could help with my wife's things. Uh, she gets home so late, I'd like to have everything arranged for her. Oh, what lovely clothes. <laughs> and that suit. Yes. Now, yes. just look at that suit. It's new, isn't it? Uh, well, I, I, I think it is. I'm not sure. Of course but... it is. This is the suit I've had my eye on. I wanted it for Easter. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but she's just my size, too. Oh, I... Yes, yes, I, I believe she is. But she must be just about my coloring, too, judging from her clothes. Well, ye yes, yes, there, there is something about the hair and eyes. Oh, I can't wait to see what she's like. Well, uh, don't be surprised if you don't see her for some time. She comes in quite late and leaves so early in the morning that sometimes even I wonder if she's really been home or if I just imagined it. Well, I must say, you're a gentleman to put up with it. Well, she gets a kick out of this war job. After all, it's, it's only for the duration. You must be very much in love, Mr. Graham. Well, Geraldine and I are, are an unusual couple, Miss Barton. Uh, but so far, I believe that our marriage is an unqualified success. <laughs> the legend of Geraldine grew. The fellows at my office used to kid me about my ideal marriage. 
Hey, Jack, what's the matter with Graham? He hasn't phoned his wife for nearly an hour. <laughs> oh, come now. <laughs> Maybe they had a fight. Oh, 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 Romeo and Geraldine Graham. <laughs> How do you do it, Graham? Well, uh, <laughs> my wife broke a plate over my head at the honeymoon breakfast, and we've had to buy three new sets of dishes every year ever since. <laughs> How do I do it? <clears throat> Watch this. I'll give you a lesson. I pick up the phone and dial a number at random. With a little act I put on every day for their benefit. Unique garage, Harry speaking. Hello, darling. Do you still love me? Uh, hey, you've got the wrong party, but this is the unique garage. Of course I do. Huh? Say it again, honey, just like that. Okay, you dumb. This is the unique garage. Harry speaking. Now, what do you want? Of course I don't mind you buying a new hat. Was it the crazy little one with the bird on it, the one you told me about? Well, uh, what do you say we go out to the show tonight and break it in, huh? Break what in? Why, of course I'd miss you. I can't be away from you for ten seconds without feeling lost and lonely. Darling. I'm sorry, darling, but i got a heavy day tonight at the El Morocco. Goodbye, you lush. Oh, honey, you, you haven't been seeing him again. He's, I know he's a friend of your sister. Yes, I mean, your sister Geraldine, but... I know, I know, Geraldine, but I don't want that man around the house. Hmm? Yes, always and always, darling. Goodbye. How clever I thought myself that day, injecting that little discordant note, just that hint of jealousy into my one-sided conversation with Geraldine. How could I have known that it would be used against me later? How could I have known that my whole new life was to fall to pieces? Because it was that afternoon that the accident happened. A piece of equipment uh, struck me in the head. When I regained consciousness, Mr. Father was sitting beside my bed there in the company hospital. Well, where is she? Look, she's got to be notified also. Next to kill, you know. It's a law, I believe. If she isn't at home... Uh, now, please, please don't ask me any more questions. Now, now, look here, Graham. Forget that I'm your employer. Think of me as a friend. You can tell me... What is it? Has she left you? No. Well, then where is she? Well, I, I won't say anymore. I... I was going to tell you everything, but I know you wouldn't believe me. I'll just say this. There's no use... No use you're looking for her. You won't find her. You want the police mixed up in this, do you, Well, I don't care. I'll go to prison. I'll do whatever I must, but I won't answer any more questions about Geraldine. <laughs> rest of the story, Miss Barton. When they released me from the hospital this morning, I knew it was only a matter of time until I'd be arrested for the murder of Geraldine. <laughs> I, I didn't know they'd find her body quite so soon. But I'm rather glad they did. Now my secret will never be known. Geraldine is as real in death as she was to me in life. Oh, Mr. Graham. Aren't you glad you told me your story? Yes. Yes, I... I knew you you would understand somehow. If it remember your promise. But, Mr. Graham, you can't let yourself be hanged for the murder of a woman who never existed. Now listen to me. When that detective comes back, tell him all these no, things. No, I will not, Miss Barton. Let them think I'm the Black Widow. Oh, but... Uh, I even forged the marriage license. Oh, Mr. Graham, the if only I'd known The police description. Now, it's all too perfect. Apparently, this black widower and I look startlingly alike. 
Well, you see, it's quite hopeless. Mr. William, that's the detective now. What are you going to do? Nothing. I'm tired. I'll be glad to get it over. I couldn't bear to tell them about Geraldine. I couldn't stand for people to read about her and me in the papers and go about making cruel jokes over us. I don't care about saving my own life at that cost. Oh, please. That's why I made you give me your solemn promise to keep our secret, Miss Barton. But before they come in, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd just like to say... You've been wonderful. You, uh... <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're rather like Geraldine. <laughs> Mr. Graham. Uh, oh, George. My God, poor God. All right, put the patient on him, Riley. Bring the woman along for questioning. Yeah, uh, just a moment, officer. You're making a terrible mistake. Listen to me. She is not the black widow. We know that, lady. They picked that one up in Albany a couple of hours ago. You found the black widow. Oh, George. What's that? My goodness. But your friend, Mr. Graham, here has still got some explaining to do. Such as? Such as what happened to his wife. We've got a corpus delicti and everything, you know. Well, very well, officer. I guess... Oh, will you be quiet, George? Officer, can I believe the evidence with my own ears? Do you think there is some question regarding Mr. Graham's wife? That's right. His wife. Well, it seems to me that a lot of trouble could have been spared if you had asked me about it. What? What do you mean? Now, please, please, my dear. You promised you... You see, I... I am Geraldine Graham. Well, I don't want... Hey, listen, what's this? You're his wife. He has no other. Oh, please, please. It's very kind of you, but it's no use. Uh, you see, officer, you, you won't believe me, but... Geraldine never officer, existed. my husband has had a very serious accident. He isn't quite right in the head yet, and you are not helping matters. Oh, Riley, get that phone, will you? Sure. Now then, let's get this straight once and for all. Riley speaking. What? Yeah? Hold everything. Ah. Hey, it's headquarters on the phone. They've identified the woman's corpus delecti. Her name is Oymansun Bovac. She fell off a tugboat. Well, why didn't they say so in the first place? Well, folks, <laughs> it looks like we had a little misunderstanding all around. You know how it is. Well, take care of yourself, Mr. Graham. Goodbye, Mrs. G. I'm pleased to have made your acquaintance. Come on, Mark. Come on. Let's get out of here. Miss, uh, Miss Barton, uh, uh, Agnes, I, I don't really know... George. Yes? What was Geraldine like? I mean, what did she look like? Well, uh, really, my dear, I... Well, uh... Geraldine? Well, she has a kind of a gentle dignity and a grace of bearing. Her hair is taffy-colored with little gold lights in it. And her eyes, well, her eyes were kind of luminous gray-green color. Her skin is fair, almost translucent with just a sprinkling of freckles when she's been out in the sun for a day. She tries to cover them up, of course, as all women do, and... I know you do. You know, George, I was just looking in the mirror here while you were... My hair is carefully covered, and a little gold lightning. That was very observant of you, George. And my eyes... 
Would you really say Granny Green? My goodness. My goodness, I do believe. Miss Bart, uh, Agnes, do you suppose... That we could be married immediately? I rather think that can be arranged. And thank you for your nice proposal. My dear. Darling. Oh. George. What is Geraldine going to think of all of this? She'll be furious. And so closes My Wife Geraldine, starring Edward G. Robinson. Jeanette Nolan appeared as Agnes opposite Mr. Robinson in tonight's study in Suspense. Suspense is produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Now, Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations present Suspense. Tonight... Autolite brings you Edward G. Robinson in You Can't Die Twice, a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leder. Friends, if a camel got a drink of water only three times a year, his tongue would hang out like a Christmas necktie. But an Autolite Stay Full battery thrives on three drinks a year. Yes, sirree, an Autolite Stay Full battery needs water only three times a year in normal car use. And by Cornelius, an Autolite Stay Full battery has extra plates for extra, extra power. Protected by fiberglass insulation for stronger, longer life. Why, in recent tests conducted according to the Society of Automotive Engineers Life Cycle Standards, Autolite Stay Full batteries gave 70% longer average life than batteries without the Stay Full features. So remember, be battery right. Get Autolite. And now, Autolite presents Edward G. Robinson in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. It's funny how it happened. Take a good look at me. Am I the type you'd say could harm a fly? Ask around my neighborhood. Ask any of my old customers. Sam, they tell you... Sam Brown? Why, he wouldn't say boo. Sam Brown, a murderer? <laughs> and besides, there must be some mistake somewhere. Uh, Sam's dead a whole year now. So that's what I want to explain, how it all happened. It all began that Sunday morning at home with my wife, Katie. Poor Katie. An April Fool. Today is April Fool, isn't it, Sam? Yeah, I guess it is, Katie. Why? Why? Because we'll have to expect a lot of silly tricks today, that's why, from your so-called friends. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> guess we'll have to be on our guard, huh? <laughs> You're talking. Yeah. After the way you fell for that April Fool's joke last year. <laughs> yeah, some let down, all right. When I learned it was all a practical joke and I hadn't won 50000 in the Irish sweepstake. Hey, you, you sure took it to heart, too. Now, why not? Will I ever in my life even see money like that? Oh, Katie, please. Will you ever make it from your miserable milk route, will you? Oh, I'm sorry I even mentioned it. You were going to give me so much. You were going to get places. Throw a million at my feet. 
A million what? Empty milk bottles? Well, so I didn't get the breaks. Now, what do you want me to do, Katie? Rob a bank? Murder someone? Please let me alone, will you? I want to hear... Turn that off and listen to me. Murder somebody, he says. Being poor is murdering me. I'm fed up, I tell you. Look up to here. Oh, Katie, please. Don't Katie me. What's the matter so early in the morning? Hello? Uh, Mrs. Catherine Brown? Yes. You're the wife of Samuel E. Brown of 22 Maple Street? Yes. I'm sorry to have to inform you that your husband uh, has been killed, Mrs. Brown. What's that? His body was found just a few hours ago in a ditch on the Clinton Turnpike. Killed by hit-and-run driver, Mrs. Brown. Ha, ha, ha. What is this? Somebody's idea of an April Fool gag? Now cut it out. I'm really sorry, Mrs. Brown, but this is not an April Fool gag. I wish it was for your sake. Please call it the county morgue, will you? What? Well, you'll have to identify the, the remains. It's almost beyond recognition. But there's a wallet, Mrs. Brown, okay, that's all we have to go on. Listen, you. You think a joke like this is funny? You ought to have your head examined. Who is this? Police Sergeant Ryan, ma'am. Third precinct. Go on, you crazy dope. Mrs. Brown, please be at the morgue as soon as you can. That is, if you want to claim your husband's body. Hey, what was it? Some gag? Of course it was a gag. Well, you're right here. Probably that Joe Brody again with his April Fool jokes. He'll hmm. get a piece of my mind, believe you me. Four firemen, however. Must you listen to that radio? Oh, Katie, my one, one day off a week. Let me live, the body please. Of a man tentatively identified as Samuel E. Brown, a local milk driver employed by Dessel Dairy's company. What? What did you say? Shut up! The victim of a hit-and-run driver. <laughs> the body was found in the ditch on the Clinton Turnpike, mutilated almost beyond recognition. A wallet is the sole clue as to his identity. And that winds up the 9.30 edition of the... Well, what do you know about... Did you hear that, Katie? Yeah, I did. Well, that was me, wasn't it? Me they were talking about. <laughs> That's a hot one, isn't it? Huh? Sam, that phone call just now. Yeah? I thought it was an April Fool joke. Must have been the police. wonder how in the world... Huh? Now what? Let me... Hello? Katie? This is Harry, Katie. Gert and me, we just heard. We were listening to the radio and you... You all right, Katie? You know about it? Sure, I know about it, but... Oh, we feel awful about it, Katie. And we're coming right over. We'll take care of everything. Uh, Harry, listen. Uh, it's all... It'll go downtown with you when you're ready. And while you're... That, that is why you're there. I'll take care of all the paperwork. Now, excuse me for mentioning it at a time like this. I don't have to go any... What paperwork? Why, the insurance policy I sold Sam, remember? Remember I told you both how someday it might be... Well, this did I dream. I'm so glad I talked you both into it. Ten thousand with double indemnity for accidental death. That's twenty thousand, you know. A final thought from for your welfare from Sam. Harry, I, I can't... know, I know. I know you don't want to talk about it now. Listen, Katie, we'll be right over ten, fifteen minutes. Harry! Uh, what was that all about? What do you want? Katie, I'm talking to you. Wait. Sam, I'm trying to think. It's impossible. You're right here. Yes, Sam, what do they mean? Huh? They identified you by your wallet. You have it, don't you? My wallet? Your wallet! Well, naturally, right here in my pocket where I all... What the devil? I'm wearing the same pants. It's not here. Wait a minute. I remember something now. Well, that maybe clears up this whole mystery. Yes, Sam? Well, uh, last night after the poker game, uh, coming home on the bus... There was uh, some character jostling against me. He almost had a fight on the bus. Sure, now I think of it, he must have picked my pocket. 
Why, Katie, it's him they must have found on the turnpike. Sure, uh, say, let me have that phone, will you? I'll call the police and straighten out the... No, wait. Wait, Sam. What for? Sam, maybe we ought to consider this thing a little... Consider what? Your $10,000 life insurance policy, Sam, with that double indemnity clause. What are you talking about? About our one big chance that we've been waiting for. Well, what are you driving at? Did anybody see you coming home last night? No, I don't think so. Why? Can't you understand? There's a body lying in the morgue. The only thing they got to go by was that wallet. Say you never came home last night, Sam. Or ever again. Say I went right now huh? and identified that wallet. The insurance company would pay me $20,000, wouldn't they? Yes, I... I guess they would. You out of your mind. You could disappear right now. Go to Chicago, see, without being seen. I could write to General Delivery. After a while, after I collect, I could join you there. Oh, no one will be the wiser. Yeah. We can begin life all over. Rich! This could be it, Sam. Oh, no, no, no. Money gotten this way would never do us any good, Katie. For that amount of money, I'll take my chance, and uh, so will you. Katie. You'll do it, Sam. Uh, oh, yes, you will. Uh, because if you let me down uh, this time, oh, it's Katie. the end. Katie, I, uh... $20,000. $20,000. Thousand dollars. For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Edward G. Robinson in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Say, uh, Hap, will you help me out here? Why, well, sure. All right. Uh, pretend you're on a quiz program, and I asked you this question. Uh -huh. What is it that needs water only three times a year? Mm, let's see. It's, uh... Is it a kangaroo? No. It's not a camel, nor a cactus. Oh. Well, can you give me a hint? All right. goes on your car. The initials are A-L-S-F-B. A-L-S-F-B. Oh. I've heard that somewhere before. It's dandy. It's dynamic. It delivers power, pep, performance. It's an Autolite Stay Full battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Hey, don't tell me. Let me think. It's, uh... I can't give you any more hints, except to say it's an Autolite Stay Full battery with that extra liquid reserve. That's it. It's an Autolite Stay Full battery. Right. With Autolite, the gentleman wins a hand-embroidered Autolite Stay Full battery carrying case <laughs> and the right to drive into the nearest Autolite service station and buy an Autolite Stay Full battery. Remember, be battery right. Switch to Autolite. And now... Autolite brings back to a Hollywood soundstage Edward G. Robinson as Sam in You Can't Die Twice, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Katie always could make me jump through a hoop. Besides, I, I might as well admit it, I'm human. Show me the human can spit of that kind of money. Anyway, I snuck out of town that very day. Got to Chicago, got me a crummy room under the name of Lionel Hendricks. Weeks went by and nothing happened. No news at all from Katie, and I got really frightened. Something gone wrong. I wrote her. Got an answer. General delivery. Dear Mr. Hendricks, in answer to your inquiry, everything is proceeding smoothly. I'm advised that the delay on the transaction is because of its unusual nature. No more letters, please. Thank you for your interest sincerely. More weeks passed. Another month, two, three, without a word from her. Have the police found out? Were they on my trail? And then I began to get suspicious of Katie. What was she up to? I had a phone. Hello? Uh, 
Uh, this is me. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> oh, it's you, Clara. Well, I, I had to talk to you. Why haven't you written? What are you up to? Haven't you got it yet? Not yet. Well, when? In a little while, Clara. Just have a little more patience. Oh, cut out that Clara stuff. I'll be seeing you soon, dear. Oh, Katie, it's awful lonesome for me. Do you love me, Katie? Well, I get to wondering. It's six months now. This is crazy. I'm a wreck. I'm scared. I can't stand this life. I've never been away from home. I'm a family man, Katie. Katie, make it quick, will you? Say. Who's that? What? That voice. You're imagining. I heard a man's voice. He's right there in the room with you. Now, don't deny it. I'll explain everything when I see you, Clara. I see. So you're two-timing me, huh? Well, that explains everything. I'll fix you. I'm coming home right now. If you do... You'll go to jail for about ten years. Think it over. Goodbye, Clara. Now, you see? What could I do? Anyway, that's when I started the drink. What else was there? There I was all mixed up and alone. I used to get good and drunk and wish someone would at least say... Hello. I said Hello. You all alone? Hmm? What's that? <laughs> you really tied one on, haven't you? Stranger in town? Oh, stranger everywhere. How do you know? You're lonely, huh? Oh. Well, don't cry no, about I'm it. I'm not crying. You want to come in? Sure. <laughs> You're kind of cute. Mm. Luther! Yeah, Cleo? Rye high on the gentleman here. Coming up. Your name is Cleo, hmm? Yeah, I know. Mm. Cleo Carter. What's your name? Sam. Sam? Oh, Sam. Sam what? Oh, I mean uh, Lionel. My name is Lionel Hendricks. That's my name. Lionel Hendricks. Uh, what happened to Sam? Oh, he's dead. Dead? Yeah, dead. Poor lonesome ghost. Nobody cared. Are you married? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where you from, Lionel? You're not on the lam or something, are you? Cop shy? Nobody cared. Not even his widow. Sam's widow. Name is Katie. Catherine, you know. Mm. Katie don't even care. Too tiny. Oh, well, never mind. Change the subject. What do you do, Cleo? Oh, this and that. What do you do, Lionel? That and this. (laughs) Where Where are you from, Cleo? Here and there. And you? Oh, there and here. <laughs> <laughs> we make a great team, don't we, yeah, Sam? We, we sure do. Uh, here you are, Cleo. <laughs> Why, hi. Thanks, Luther. Uh, how about I trip up the Nile, Cleo? <laughs> Character. Uh, Luther's a comic, Sam. Yeah, no, no. My name isn't Sam. Now, Lionel is my name. Lionel Henry. Hey, excuse me. Lionel Luther, right. not Sam. I remember. Hiya, Cleo. Hey, when did you get back? I got a pair of visits. No. Nice to met you. Oh, no, no, no. Where you go? Where you going? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Don't leave me alone, will you? You like my company? Oh, very much. Oh, very, very, very much. <laughs> much as that. <laughs> yeah, I certainly Well, well it's, it's this way with me, Lionel. I'll yeah. be very frank. First of all, you're a married man. Oh, no, 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 no. Not me. No, not Sam's married. Not Lionel. That's Sam Brown. Well, good fellow. All of a sudden, dead. Still dead. You know, always left with me. Oh. A wallet. There's a few cents of it. 
Now he has $20,000. Success story. $20,000? Mm-hmm. He was worth more dead than alive. Uh, Lionel, let go of my hand. Look, oh. I'm to see your friend oh, over no. there. Yeah, but why? Percentage, Lionel. He always shows me a good time. Spends money like it was water. Uh. He's rich. Oh, he's rich. Well, I'm richer. Now, now don't leave me alone, Cleo. I, I got $20,000, I tell you. Not you, uh, Sam. Well, what's his is mine. I can lay my hands on it any time I want. You wouldn't kid me, would you? Well, I... Oh, I not say a word. Not a word. Oh, I think I'm going to be sick. Well, I think you better come rest at my apartment, Lionel. I really do. We can talk there. I like your talk. It jingles. <laughs> Huh? Where, where am I? A little Cleo's, don't you remember? Just run in the vacuum. All those butts you tumbled on the floor. Cleo? Cleo Carter. Took pity on you, let you sleep off a hangover on the couch here. Cleo. Are you forgotten? I remember. Guess what you need is a little drink, huh? Yeah. Well, it's on. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know why I'm laughing? I'm surprised at myself. Why? Because I like you. I don't know when I ever felt this way before, so fast. Hmm? You said you felt the same way about me. Do you mean it? Or was it that bottle talking? Yeah, I, I must have answered, Cleo. All right, then. How does it feel to be dead, Sam Brown? What? How do you suppose Katie's taking him? Uh, uh, no, no, I, I didn't tell you. That's all right, it's all right. You told me everything, but it's safe with me. To me, Sam Brown is dead. Oh. Uh, could I please have that drink? Oh, sure. The insurance money really comes to $20,000, doesn't it? Or were you exaggerating? No, I mean, yes, it's uh, it's 20000 Why are they taking so long to pay off? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. Ten months is a very long time. Maybe they've already paid and Katie's holding out on you. Oh, no, no, no. Katie wouldn't do a thing like that. Why not? Look what she's already done for the money. Well, not Katie. She wouldn't. She may have had another man. She likes more than you. Oh, no, stop it. Stop it. Well, Katie isn't like that. Look, you. Did you mean what you told me about you and me, or didn't you? Will you repeat it sober? Right now? What? Repeat what? That you never felt about her in all your married life the way you feel about me. That you're going to leave her for me? After you get the money? Say it again, Sam, or walk right out of my life. Oh, Cleo. I mean it. Well, I, I can't say that about Katie. I just can't. Get out. Well, that's the way you feel. I'll go. Go ahead. When you leave, you might think about whether or not you can trust me now that I know all about it. What? I could call the police, you know. Oh, Cleo. <laughs> I never did know how to handle women. That was always my big trouble. Well, she, she could have called the cops, couldn't she? So I made up with her. Anyway, I had someone to talk to now. Maybe something would happen. <laughs> it did. Oh, she was smart, that Cleo. Yeah, Sam. It'll be good to have $10,000 all at once. Yeah, sure will. Know what would be twice as good? 20000 <laughs> Wish for the moon, why don't you? <laughs> My share's only ten. Your share's as much as you can get. You can get it all. Oh, no, no. Katie would never give it to me. Not all of it. The way I figure it, Sam's this. She'll come here to Chicago when she finally collects. Well, she can't afford to have you suddenly turn up alive back there, so she'll come here. 
When she does, we'll take it all, you and me. Oh, no, no. She, she'll never give me all of it. I know, Katie. I said we'd take it. Use your head, Sammy. Use your head. There's ways. Huh? Oh. Oh, no, Cleo, no. Well, perhaps not. But, uh, get used to the idea just the same. Like breaking in a pair of shoes. Know what I mean? That's the way she worked on me, over and over again. Then she began to get impatient until one day, you're less a day from the time I left home. What is all of this? A practical joke? Tomorrow's April 1st. You waiting to tell me April Fool? I'm calling your bluff, Sam. Come on down to a phone booth right now and call that wife of yours. Let me hear with my own ears. Hello? What do I say? Answer. Uh, hello, hello uh, Mrs. Brown. This is uh, me... I'll meet you at the station in information booth, Katie. But why? Right. You're running a cabin out in the country. You're taking her on a second honey. Please. Uh, tell her. Hello. Uh, Hello. Uh, Katie, I'm I'm uh, renting a cabin out in the country for us. We're we're going on a second honeymoon. <laughs> Cleo, I can't go through with it. Please change your mind. I'll give you just 15 minutes. I'll be hiding in the back of the car, and if you're not out there with her and the money in 15 minutes, I'll have every cop in Chicago looking for you. I mean it, Sam. Lionel! Lionel! Uh, thank you, Mr. Gates. Darling! Darling! Uh, <laughs> Lionel. Uh, oh, Sam. My darling, Sam. I'm so happy. Uh, hello, Katie. Uh, d- d- don't, don't, don't cry. <laughs> You're crying, too. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. We're together again. Yeah. And we're rich. We're rich. Yeah. Oh, aren't you excited? Wasn't it worth waiting for? And no one suspects. I can't believe it. We have money and we're together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me take your bag. Yeah, it hasn't been out of my hand the whole trip. It's all in here, in hundred-dollar bills. Well, no wonder it's so heavy. <laughs> Come on, let's let's go quick. We're really going on a second honeymoon. Oh, Sam, I could die for joy. Well, it certainly is way out in the country, Sam. Say that for it. So quiet. Yeah, I know. You're acting funny, Sam. I couldn't help it that it took so long. You said they had to investigate and everything. It was no picnic, let me tell you. Well, the devil is that light. Oh. What is... Is this the cabin you rented for our second honeymoon? This shack? Sam, what is it? You couldn't have brought me here for a honeymoon. Why did you bring me here? Answer me, Sam. I'm leaving you, Katie. What? I'm leaving you. This is the end of our life together. But why? 
Why? Uh, open the bag and get out the money. Yeah. Now, you take half and I take half and we each go our way. Uh, please, quick, quick, quick. How can you do oh, that? I, I want my half now. You mean you want it what? all, Sam? Now, you said you'd let me handle it alone, Cleo. You promised not to interfere. You promised. So that's it. Another woman. Uh, take uh, the money out of the bag, Sam, and let's go. <laughs> oh, Sam. <laughs> oh, Katie. <laughs> How did you do this to me? I loved you, Sam. I loved you. I wanted only your good. Believe me. Oh, Katie. I... Katie, don't cry. I can't stand seeing you cry. It hurts me. <laughs> Get the money, Sam. All of it. Katie, I have to do this. Not one cent. Now, give it to me, Katie. Cleo, can't, can't you keep half? Half? I'm keeping it all. And you know what else I'll do? I'll send the police a letter. Oh, no. And tell them everything. No, no, you wouldn't. Wouldn't I? Oh, wouldn't no, no. I, though? Kate, 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 you don't mean that. Just try me. No, Go please, ahead. Katie. You might as well put down that wrench no, because Katie. I'm not scared of you. Not that much. I'll send them a letter with a whole story and no. your description and her and everything. You won't. Ah! You won't. Because it's all your fault. All your fault. All your fault. much of the ride back to Cleo's place with the police with the money on my lap. I was numb. Exhausted. I collapsed on the floor of the apartment and fell asleep, cradling that release, and it was past noon I woke up. The police was still in my arms, but it was open and the money was gone. And so was Cleo. She wasn't there. She was gone. I was alone. Cleo. Luther, have you, you, you seen Cleo today? So she left you, huh? <laughs> you better have a drink. Yeah. Look as though you could stand it. That's right. Well, you can't blame Cleo. Not after what you'd done last night. Huh? I know all about it. What do you mean? You know what I mean, Sam. Ah, how can you live with yourself? Uh, I didn't do anything. I... Don't give me that. I know everything because I was there. No, no. You think no one was watching you, huh? <laughs> but, Sam, I saw the whole thing from start to finish. You couldn't have. Hannah, will you? If I'd done that, I couldn't live with myself for the rest of my life. It'll torture you, see? Now, stop it. You won't eat. You won't sleep. Because the memory of it will always haunt oh, you. Oh, stop it, stop it. It'll haunt you and haunt you until the day you die. Unless you confess right here and now. Oh. Confess! All right, stop. I did it. I killed my wife. That's about all, Lieutenant. You're strange how it all happened. Strange how it started. Yeah, stranger still how Luther here knew. Yeah. How did you know, Luther? Oh, I didn't, Lieutenant. What's that? Oh, not a thing. Well, what did I say to him? How can you live with yourself after last night? So what? Everyone done something last night they was ashamed of. Oh, every night in the week. How was I to think this here guy committed murder? You see, Captain, all I was up to was a... Well, what's the date today? You get it now? 
I was just making with an April Fool joke. April Fool joke. April Fool. <laughs> oh, Luther, you killed me. Thank you, Edward G. Robinson, for a great suspense show. Uh, your name, Wilcox? Yes, Mr. Robinson. You're the uh, fellow that keeps talking about Autolite stay-full batteries? Yes, Mr. Robinson. Well, I want one of those batteries in my car, see? Yes, Mr. Robinson. Can't you say anything with, yes, Mr. Robinson? Yes, Mr. Robinson, I can say this. Stay-full batteries are made by Autolite men, who make over 400 products for cars, trucks, airplanes, and boats in 28 Autolite plants from coast to coast. Yes, siree, and Autolite also makes complete electrical systems for many makes of America's finest cars. Batteries, spark plugs, generators, starting motors, coils, distributors. All ignition engineered to fit together perfectly, work together perfectly, because they're a perfect team. So, folks, don't accept electrical parts that are supposed to be as good. Ask for and insist on Autolite original factory parts at your neighborhood service station, car dealer, garage, or repair shop. Remember, you're always right with Autolite. And now here again is Mr. Edward G. Robinson. Once again, it has been a real pleasure to join Tony Leader and his suspense cast and crew. I hope they'll invite me back many more times, and that's no April fooling. I know, too, that all of you are going to be as anxious as I am to hear next week's show when radio's outstanding theater of thrills will present Ronald Coleman in The Noose of Coincidence. Another gripping study in... The Suspense! Edward G. Robinson will soon be seen, starring in the 20th Century Fox production, The House of Strangers. Tonight's suspense play was written by Joseph Ruskall and prepared for suspense by Walter Newman. Music was composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, suspense will present such stars as Edmund Gwen, Bob Hope, Mickey Rooney, and many others. Next Thursday, same time, hear Ronald Coleman in the New South Coincidence. You can buy Autolite Stayful batteries, Autolite resistor spark plugs, Autolite electrical parts at your neighborhood Autolite dealers. Switch to Autolite. Good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Mr. Edward G. Robertson his performance on the show for this morning. Join me later on tonight as I bring to the show Mr. Phil Harris and Miss Alice Faye to tickle our funny bone. And also for a bonus episode, please welcome to chill our spines the queen of comedy, Miss Lucille Ball. And stay tuned for the coming weeks as I bring such stars as Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma, The Feud, starring Miss Joan Crawford and Miss Betty Davis, and Mr. Bob Hope, and many others. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. You can follow me on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, 
Google, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcast. Just type in Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast and should pull my podcast right up. I want to once again thank everybody who has listened and subscribed to my podcast. I really do appreciate it, guys. And once again, enjoy the show. Thanks. Have a great day.